an idealistic leader is going to motivate you in a way that makes you feel like you're changing the world. And then an optimistic leader is going to motivate you in a way that shows you that we can make it happen. Welcome to the Emotional Intelligence Podcast, a podcast where we explore the intersection of emotional intelligence and leadership. And whether you're a seasoned executive or just starting out in your leadership journey, we're going to share practical tips, inspiring stories, and expert insights to help you develop your emotional intelligence and achieve your goals. So sit back, relax, and get ready to take your leadership skills to the next level. I'm Ismail. And I'm Samir. Hey, Samir. How's it going? Good, good. How are you? I'm doing really well, thanks. So today's topic is a continuation of part of our series about what makes good leaders. And I happened to come across, uh, I believe it was it was just a social media post where a gentleman was talking about idealism versus optimism. And immediately, my immediate reaction was like, oh yeah, yeah, I know the difference between the two. And I got to thinking, I'm like, wait a minute, I actually don't really know how they uniquely differ. And so I thought it was a great topic for us to talk about and, and dig into a little bit. Yeah, no, definitely. I think it's uh, something that all of us feel like we have a good understanding of. So it's not often talked about, but there is a distinct difference between idealism and optimism and those two and how they interplay off of each other. And I think it's important for leaders to really understand that connection and how to blend those two in order to really succeed as a leader. So, Ismail, with that said, I mean, let's baseline the conversation here, right? Let's talk about each of these concepts of idealism and optimism and how they differ. And so I think to start that conversation, it's important to define those terms for our listeners. So is that something you can kind of walk us through? What is idealism? For sure. So the definition I have for idealism is it's a belief in perfect possibilities and striving for utopia. So it's idealistic. uh, The leaders, they inspire through these grand, grand visions, and they have this just unbelievable, unwavering conviction in in the, the future and a better future. So that that's idealism. Now, optimism it's defined by expecting the best, even in challenging times. And optimistic leaders, they motivate their teams with positive energy and that glass half full approach, which I think is, I would say, more commonly seen than idealism. But that might be perhaps because people hear optimism more than Yeah. And different levels of the organization utilize these uh, tools of optimism and idealism differently, right? Like you have a CEO more likely to march to the idealistic drum, whereas, you know, your your directors and managers and the ones that are in charge of getting the work done, they're more interested in the immediate progress versus the ultimate goal. And because of that, you know, they might be employing optimism more than idealism in their day to day. But finding the blend of those two elements of idealism and optimism is super important for an effective leader. And so that's kind of what we want to get into today, right? Helping understand the real world application of employing both of these tactics in your day to day. 
Not saying that one is better than the other, but you have to find the balance. Now, when you talked initially about idealism and you were talking about the grand vision and this utopian state of perfection, really, and I started kind of getting a pit in my stomach feeling because I was imagining how hard it would be sometimes to work for a leader like that when I'm more of like an operational person who has to employ uh, who's always thinking about challenges because that's really a big part of my role is overcoming challenges and bringing progress forward. So how did, would you say idealism impacts motivation within teams? It's a great, great, great question. I think that, so without a doubt, you can have with that vision, that type of person who has that uh, desire and need for a vision, I think you're going to have these very passionate disagreements. And I, it's not, they're not fights or anything, but you have this person who's so passionate of this like utopian state. And th for them, they believe it. They really believe it. And of course, again, like we're going to say, it's not good or bad, but they do. And then you have a cohort of people who actually need to make this happen. And so there could be that, that disconnect there. And this is if we're on opposite ends of the spectrum, right? And so if you have that, I think you're going to, uh, if you only have that idealistic, approach, I think you're going to run into some challenges on a day-to-day -day motivation level. Meaning, how do you get your people to work day-to-day -day when you have this grand vision that's like, that you may never obtain? So I think that's Yeah, but where... then on the flip side, mm -hmm. on the flip side of that though, I think that having a vision is so important for a team to grab onto and get that commitment and that additional uh, level of motivation. And so when they see an idealistic leader who feels so passionately about a future vision, they can really grasp onto that and really just kind of put their head down and believe. And that's when you see a ton of innovation and output coming out of these teams because they believe so strongly in the vision that's been set, right? Um, it, you know, they're picking up what their leaders are putting down. And that's really, really, really important. For sure. And you think, uh, again, so I think we've all either experienced these type of leaders ourselves or we've seen them in other companies. And I mean, we won't go into the deals of other companies, but if you see these organizations where the leader of the company is so vocal and so as a matter of fact about what they're trying to achieve, it, and you see the people just following b b behind them, it's not a it's not a bad thing. It's not like they're robots or anything like that. But they really they also genuinely believe. But behind that, I do underpinning that there are a set of people who are making all of these things happen because believing isn't going to make it happen, right? The companies are really committed to their mission statement, right? But a lot of companies also have a vision statement, and so the vision statement is sort of your grand kind of grand vision for uh you know where you see the company being in. 10 years, right? Like we are going to be the best. I'm just going to throw out an example of we are going to be the, the best electric vehicle company in the world and serve for energy conservation. That's going to have a direct impact on global warming, right? Like you're going to talk about these grand visions and how your company and what you guys are doing day to day is going to really, really have an impact on global warming and the, and the climate change that, that we're seeing. So that's where idealism, I think, really plays an important role. Optimism, right? That's how leaders are fueling motivation and creating perseverance within their teams day to day and overcoming challenges, which I think is equally, equally important. Yeah. 
I mean, I think I think of myself. Uh, I mean, part part of why I found this so interesting is because I really thought of myself as just a pure optimist. And when I learned more about idealism, I realized that I have a touch of that as well. But really, at the end of the day, we're going to hit problems. Uh, it's just bound to happen. When you're working, there's going to be challenges. Now you have a choice. You can just like roll over and be like, ah, this is not going to work. Or you can be like, okay, what are we going to do about this? What can we do to fix this? Yeah, not ideal, but let's move forward. And when you have, when you're working for someone like that, you're like, okay, ah, we're going to, we're going to survive. We're going to survive this. And you want to move forward. You just want to move forward on the next step. You want to make it to tomorrow and you want to feel good about making it to tomorrow. And I feel like that's really where an optimistic leader comes into play. Yeah, because, you know, a, an idealistic leader is going to motivate you in a way that makes you feel like you're changing the world. And then an optimistic leader is going to motivate you in a way that shows you that we can make it happen. And and I think a good leader is able to, you know, tap into the idealism to motivate their teams in certain moments when required, and then also tap into optimism when facing challenges and needing to make that incremental progress every single week or every single month. And that makes them an effective leader. So yeah, very, very cool uh, topic of motivating teams. Let's jump into decision making, because here's another place where I think I idealism and optimism can impact one's decision-making ability in a good and a bad way. So what if, how does that apply to our leaders that are listening? Sure. So, I mean, my two cents are, if you are, if you're looking at a decision from an, uh, an idealistic point of view, you're going to go for broke. No matter what, you're going for broke. Meaning, I feel like if your decision, if the decision doesn't equate vision, then you're like, no, why are we making this decision? Whereas an optimistic leader might be like, okay, practically speaking, we should make decision X over decision Y because it moves us forward incrementally towards said vision. Sure. So both of them are working toward the vision. Uh, and But one is doing it in more of a near term, kind of looking at the at the near term circumstances, whereas an idealistic leader is looking at the end goal. And so I think what what for this particular segment on decision making, I believe, and this is maybe my bias because I am more of an optimist than an idealist, that idealism can be dangerous when making decisions um, about uh, about things that aren't necessarily having a direct impact on the vision. So those smaller decisions that I I think that if you take an idealistic approach to every single decision that you make, then you will end up making decisions that will be detrimental in the long run. Uh, and so that's one of the things that comes to mind for me when I think about decision making. That's a good. So I feel like what you're saying is, or what I'm hearing is that uh, idealism versus optimism influences the amount of risk you might take. So uh, I, I was, you know, you might take way bigger risks if you're an idealist because you just have this feeling that oh, it's gonna work out. It'll be just fine. Yeah, totally. If uh, why don't we introduce electric cars to every single country on the same day? because we're trying to change the world right using that example that you had whereas i think practically speaking it it um uh practically speaking i think actually 
if you needed to resolve a conflict in that situation, an optimist might actually be uh, a better person to handle. Because um, you and I mentioned this briefly, there's everything is steeped in realism, right? So you have the optimist, you have the idealist, and then you have reality. And both an optimist and idealist need to come back to reality to make sure they make a right decision. It's just how they get there, I think, are going to be. Yeah. And when making decisions, oftentimes, especially smaller decisions, the optimist might be closer to reality than the idealist, in my opinion. But, you know, I'm, I'd love to hear from our listeners and say, you know, Samir, I don't think you know what you're talking about. And uh, I'm an idealist and I don't agree. So there's, you know, we're not prescribing to any one strategy over the other. We're just talking about generally the distinction between the two and maybe calling out for some introspection from our listeners, right? Like, have you guys thought about this? What camp do you fall into? Or maybe you're in the camp of, I found that balance. I'm good, you know? And that's awesome because I don't think Ismail and I feel like we're there yet, but working toward it, right? 2024. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I, I, I will say, I will say just because you mentioned you're more of an optimist than an idealist. And I was thinking to myself, I'm, I'm going to say I'm more of an idealist than an optimist. Um, and only well let let let's put ourselves on the spot for a second what what do you think based on say we'll use this podcast as an example um my thought my i would agree with our decisions but why why is that i would say um part part of it it was like we met like oh yeah let's just do this i was like let's just do this and we'll just we just need to cite this that and a couple other things and you're like hold your horses what about like when are we going to record how long <laughs> yeah. is this going to take yeah. um, we need to make sure we spend time with our families yep, yep, yep. I, I feel like and these are all important things to lead a happy life and yes. success and i'll be honest and fair fair to you and say that i don't think i really thought about that stuff and i'm so grateful that um, you did bring that stuff up because I don't think I would have survived otherwise. And I, no, I agree. I think the podcast is a great example of you know you being idealistic and presenting a uh, vision and a picture of what was possible. Right? Like there were so many times during the last uh, year that you said Samir we're gonna make it I know we're gonna make it I know our podcast is gonna blow up and I was just like how is this man so sure you know and and uh you know hasn't blown up yet but it you know you you're so um confident in that and that confidence inspires me it motivates me it makes me feel like all the work we're putting in all of the challenges we're overcoming is for something greater and so I do appreciate that I think as the optimist I'm the one who's uh you know trying to, I I do think I maintain a positive outlook, but there's been times when, you know, we had our back against the wall and I had to kind of really exude that uh, confidence within the two of us that, Hey, we can get this done. Let's just block and tackle. And, you know, while doing so kept spirits high. And, uh, and I think that's where optimism can be really transformational. And I think a perfect example of that was the start date of the episode. I had this, yes, grand idea. Fine. I have this, this vision uh, when I close my eyes of what Samir and I are going to be. And I really genuinely believe that's going to be the case. Um, but you were like, okay, well, six weeks, that's what we got. 
March 15th. I was like, whoa, I don't know that. You're like, nope, you didn't even give me a choice, man. You just (laughs) said, you're like, based on what I can understand that we need to do, we have to do it by this day. And I feel like it's moving forward. That was 100%. I don't actually think if you did that, we would have launched. I, I know that actually. I don't even, that's not even a thing. I know that we would, wouldn't have launched. And we just, just for the listener's sake, it's not like we set this up that, oh, one of us is an idealist. And I, I don't think we really thought about that before we started no, talking. No, I didn't. I didn't, we didn't even bring, we didn't even discuss that. So I think the more we were describing each, it kind of settled in for both of us, like what camp we fall into. Uh, but yeah, I think that, you know, just to kind of sum up the distinction between idealism and optimism for our listeners, right? Idealism, it's really that providing that direction, that purpose, right? While optimism is the fuel behind the journey. I think that's a good way to look at the two and understanding that you got to find the blend between those two. And that will, when you find that perfect balance, it will, it will cause your teams to feel engaged and resilient and they feel like safe, right? There's a psychological safety that's created. There's innovation happening. It's propelling your teams forward, right? Toward these big goals. That's a great question. I think we always try and weave, obviously, EQ into each of these. And uh, there's a very important track of that here. And what it comes down to is ultimately self-awareness, right? So what do you know about yourself? I mean, obviously, uh, EQ, I'm not gonna say obviously, EQ, the foundation of it is self-awareness. That's, that's where it starts. And if you know you're an idealist or you know you're an optimist or something, one of the other ists or isms, um, knowing that is important because when you're an idealist, you're going to have these, this passion behind you, this fire behind you, right? Whereas if you're an optimist, you might be, you might be setting Unexp- un, uh, um, uh, you might be setting unrealistic goals. So you're like, you know, six weeks because in your, you know, that kind of thing, but it was a realistic goal. So now where you use self-awareness, right? One of the main foundations of EQ to merge those things together, pick and choose when you need to be what, so that you can foster that relationship, build that trust and resilience with your team. And you're always, I don't, uh, you're, you're navigating that meandering river across both idealism and and optimism yeah yeah and adaptability is huge right and i think that's where first it starts with becoming hyper self-aware of of when you're being too idealistic or too optimistic and the risk of alienating your team i think that's the biggest piece that the team that that a leader needs to keep track of is am i is my ambition or my positivity or optimism getting so uh, elevated that my team is feeling like the world is crashing on them and this guy just believes it's going to happen. And I can think of specific instances in my career where I have done that to my team and I've lost the locker room because of that, right? And really? Yeah, absolutely. I remember, uh, you know, we, in one of my previous jobs, uh, we inherited this whole region and I was like, okay, we got this. We're going to, we're just going to take this region. We're going to put it into the machine that we've created here in our, in our current market share and we'll be fine. Right. And I just took that in stride, not understanding that my team was the one that was dealing with this market that these, this region that was coming over to us that was in complete shambles. And by doing so my positivity or my optimism that it would be fine. We get, we're going to get through this. This is what we're going to do was, diminishing 
the effort and the hardships that my team was facing. And while in the back of their mind, they probably appreciated that I believed in them so much, but in the forefront of their mind was this dude's crazy, you know? (laughs) And I think that at a certain point I started feeling like they don't, they're not buying what I'm selling anymore, you know? And so that's a big risk. And that's where I think, uh, you have to you have to then go back to that realism that you talked about too, where you have to kind of find that realistic approach when being idealistic or optimistic in a given situation. I think it's fair to say that uh, a way to bridge the gap between optimism and idealism is emotional intelligence and a couple of the things that we talked about being agile so emotional agility adaptability but also this element of empathy um, both to yourself and to others so you know um, being being kind to yourself and obviously outwardly right Uh, because there's going to be super, super complex conversations and discussions and challenges that are going to come up and arise because we're talking about this visionary and executionary or ex- we're talking about this visionary and the need to execute said vision in order to succeed. And that's an important thing. And there's going to be challenges. So I would say leveraging the various skills of EQ to bridge that gap and learn about yourself, learn about the people around you and be able to achieve both an optimistic, I guess at the end of the day, a realistic objective and goal. As we wrap up, I guess uh, one call to action for all of you guys right now, as you're listening is to take stock, right? Take stock of yourself, get, get uh, really introspective and, and self-aware on what your, approach is to leadership and are you heavy on one side um and and or the other and is that having a detrimental impact or have you found that balance and then another thing i think is important is take stock of the people around you to help better understand them and then that may give you deeper understanding as you're navigating complex situations right if my team understands that hey samir's more of an optimist and um, if I come to him with super idealistic ideas, he may he may uh, have some difficulty with interpreting that and digesting it. And I shouldn't take that as him not liking my vision, but just maybe he needs some time to process or vice versa, right? With um, dealing with an idealist and then you come with all of the kind of incremental pieces to reaching the vision and they may not want to hear about it. That's right. They're just like, give me the end. I want the end. Yeah. I would love to hear from the audience to see where you guys fall, which camp, as Samir said, which camp do you fall into? Uh, you can reach us at EQ gents on Instagram. Let's start there and, uh, tell us where you fall. Thanks for tuning in to today's episode of the Emotional Intelligence Podcast. We hope you found it informative and enjoyable. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast on your favorite podcast platform so you never miss an episode. And if you have a moment, we'd really appreciate it if you could leave a review on your favorite platform. Your feedback helps us improve and reach more people. If you're interested in learning more about the topics we discussed today, be sure to check out the show notes for links and resources. You can find them by visiting our website. And if you have any questions or feedback, we'd love to hear from you. You can reach us by email at info at emotionalintelligence.com or connect with us on social media by using the links in the show notes. (music) 